Hello again, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have our Decades Project by Josh Silva for Dr. Lacate. And the first topic we will be going over is the 1970s. Topic is politics and economics, and the first subsection will be about stagflation. Stagflation is defined as slow economic growth occurring simultaneously with high rates of inflation. This was a huge problem in the 70s as the expected price of items increased, so uh, consumers purchased more of the items. Following that, increased demand made prices rise, which then led to demand for higher wages which would be used to buy items at an increased price. And this would keep cycling and cycling, which created a huge downturn in the economy, and post-war caused a recession that was bound to happen at some point. Unemployment rose to nearly 7%, being almost the highest that the U.S. has ever seen. It was caused partly due to high oil prices in the Middle East, although most of it came from coming off of post-war economic growth period. Our next topic of the 1970s is the Watergate scandal. This began the morning of June 17, 1972, when burglars were arrested at the office of the Democratic National Committee. Burglars were part of Nixon's, President Nixon's, re-election campaign, They were wiretapping phones and stealing documents. As a result of this, Nixon resigned as president August 9, 1974, after the Washington Post revealed his connection to the burglars. This reduced Americans' trust in leaders as well as confidence in government. Moving into the final topic of politics and economics in the 1970s, we have the anti-war movement. The anti-war movement was sent around the war in Vietnam. It was one of the strongest oppositions against government ruling that the U.S. had seen prior to this. The war put pressure on the government to withdraw troops from Vietnam. After years of fighting a losing war against the North Vietnamese and Viet Cong soldiers, Americans no longer saw the, uh, the war in Vietnam as a means for survival or having the country's best interest. They then showed opposition to the government decision to stay in Vietnam in hopes that without the support of the civilians, the war would be coming to an end and the U.S. would retreat and send the citizens back home. Moving right along to the 1980s, our topic of discussion here is historical figures. Now, when speaking of historical figures in the 80s, you can't forget about Ronald Reagan, who promised to decrease the big government during his election, promised lower taxes, and increased revenue, which was a preposterously impossible claim, but one he made nonetheless. The main goal of Ronald Reagan was to win the Cold War and withdraw and hold back the spread of communism, which was achieved during the Eastern Europeans' 1989 rebellions and later seen by the collapse of the Cold War at the beginning of the 1990s.
Our next historical figure from the 80s is Mikhail Gorbachev. Excuse my pronunciation. He was the eighth and last leader of the Soviet Union. Now, Mikhail was different than other leaders of the Soviet Union in the fact that he pushed for democracy and less communistic points of view, which ultimately led to the fall of the Soviets later down the line. Although, Mikhail Gorbachev was famous for tearing down, quote-unquote, the Berlin Wall, June 12, 1987. The Berlin Wall had separated East and West Berlin for some time, and as a result of the president ordering the tearing down of the wall, he opened up the Berlin Wall, which was a major historical achievement of the 1980s. For our final figure, historical figure in the 1980s, we have none other than the man himself, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson ruled the 80s, starting from his fame off of a disco and pop culture album, Off the Wall, in the late 1970s, Michael Jackson became a dominant figure in pop culture, the likes of which the U.S. had not seen. He was the first African-American on MTV with a strong fan base, cross fan base, that is, and released many hits such as Billie Jean and Thriller. Many of Michael Jackson's influences still lead up to today's times with new age artists deriving interpretations and musical and musical inspiration from his time in the 80s. Moving into the 1990s, we have the topic of foreign affairs. And the first topic we have here is the U.S. hunt for Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden was the self-proclaimed leader of Al-Qaeda, and on August 23, 1996, Osama bin Laden declared war on the U.S. Although he wouldn't be killed until 2011, the U.S. hunt for bin Laden started shortly after the 1996 proclamation of war. The first attack by the group Al-Qaeda, led by bin Laden, would be August 1988, which was the bombing of the U.S. embassies in Kenya and Tanzania. Bin Laden would later be killed in 2011, but up to that point, the hunt for him continued relentlessly. Transitioning to our second topic of the 1990s, topic of foreign affairs, we have the Great Gulf War. The Gulf War started when Saddam Hussein ordered the invasion of Kuwait in August of 1990. The Gulf War was short, beginning in January 17, 1991, with the huge U.S. Operation Desert Storm. It ended in Iraqi defeat and retreat in February 28, 1991. The Gulf War was also fought over oil prices and territory. However, Saddam Hussein ordering invasion of Kuwait caused the U.S. to protect its reserves and territory and fight in the Gulf War, ultimately coming out victorious. 
our last topic of the 1990s, as far as foreign affairs goes, uh, was the bombing of the World Trade Center in 1993. The attack was a terrorist origin attack on February 26, 1993. At the World Trade Center, a truck bomb detonated below the North Tower of the Complice, leaving a massive, over 60-foot crater on ground level. Ties between Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda were linked to the bombing, although could not be confirmed until later in the 1990s. Ramzi Youssef, uh, sorry for my pronunciation, was the driver of the truck bomb, who was later convicted for the bombing and taken to trial after former contact revealed his position and U.S. FBI agents were sent for his capture. We bring you this interruption to thank our sponsor, Dr. Lacates, for the opportunity to create this podcast. This podcast was brought to you today by the sponsor, Dr. Lacates, and the U.S. History Program of Sussex Technical High School. Again, I hope you enjoy this quick intermission, and let's get right back to the episode. Moving right into the 2000s, our topic of discussion is technology. The first topic of discussion is going to be growing organs through stem cells. Stem cells are embryonic cells that can proliferate and mature into nearly any cell in the body. And scientists found in the early 2000s that embryonic cells could indeed grow into any organ in the body. In 2008, nuclear genetic coding and modification was used to manipulate stem cells to prove this fact. And future research leads closer to fully autonomic, fully functioning organs that can be grown in labs. Currently, the problem that the stem cell research faced was the lack of supply given that stem cells can only be found from embryonic tissue, which could be found in umbilical cords of babies and otherwise unborn babies. Due to the short supply of the stem cells, research has gone slower than it could have. However, promises good results looking forward into the future. Our second topic of discussion for the 2000s of the topic of technology is the first iPhone. The first iPhone changed the world of handheld technology forever. It set the stage for the modern smartphone and was the first pocket-sized touchscreen computer device ever to be made to mass consumer population. The first iPhone release date was sold June 29, 2007, with a whopping 6.1 million units sold. For the first time ever, general consumers who did not have to be extraordinarily rich 
had phones that could, in fact, communicate, text, call, and use the newly founded internet in order to communicate with others and search for information, leading into one of the biggest brands in the technology industry currently, AppleCo. Our last topic of discussion for technology in the 2000s was communication through social media. Prior to the 2000s, social media didn't exist. And some of the earlier forms of social media were MySpace, originating August 1st, 2003, and Facebook later in February 4th of 2004. These were the first apps of their kinds where people could interact with each other, being messaging or friending. It was the first form of communication that could you could have a profile describing your life. Uh, it was it allowed people to meet others from around the country and later worldwide and uh, lit the fuse for the new era of communication regarding online conversations, business meetings, and such, transitioning from the former all-in-person interaction. Our last decade of discussion will be the 2010s, and our primary topic is social changes in culture. The first subsection we have to go over is the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement was an American movement concerning sexual harassment and abuse survivors. It proved to stand in unity and has been one of the largest female support groups slash protesting groups slash movements uh, that we have ever seen worldwide. They protested for women's rights and brought knowledge to sexual abuse and assault, hoping to get reforms and new laws in place to help this. The Me Too movement was founded so that women who had been subject to sexual assault, abuse, or otherwise misconduct knew that they weren't alone, uh, referencing the phrase, me too, and showing that they weren't alone allowed lots of women to talk about their experiences and stand together against the oppression that was in the form of sexual abuse and harassment in everyday life. The Me Too movement started on October 15th, 2017, and continues to this day. Our second topic of discussion for the 2010 social changes and cultural movement was the Black Lives Matter organization. The Black Lives Matter organization first surfaced in 2013 as a sort of civil rights organization resolved around uh, the African Americans. They campaign for black rights, attempt to give more and allow more opportunities for the black community, and they also bring light to police brutality into light and unjust situations of what they believe to be a systemically corrupt system. Uh, seen in recent times as one of the biggest oppositional movements in modern times, the Black Lives Matter movement has had a plethora of riots, raids, protests, and otherwise campaigns 
that have brought them into the spotlight for the late 2010s especially. Our last topic of discussion for the 2010s social changes in culture is cultural diffusion through cinema. Looking into Insider's look at cinema in the 2010s, it was defined as the decade that changed cinema forever. Cultural diffusion is the act of spreading knowledge and tradition amongst other cultures into cultures that were previously unaware, which was previously done in lecture halls, universities, and research facilities. Although, in current times, it can be seen in movies. Cultural knowledge is spread through films all around the world, some examples being Roma, a Netflix original film regarding the life of a migrant worker mother with her children and struggle of life, revealing the struggle of migrant workers in today's times. Black Panther brought Native African cultures into light and to be enjoyed by cultures all around the world. It's in the same case as Mulan, previously an animated film brought into live action in late 2010s. This helps to educate not only the public, but the new generation, as younger children wouldn't understand cultural diffusion in the state that we teach it. Teach it. However, those morals and values and ideals and education can all still be instilled to them through children's movies, which points in the right direction for education, awareness, and cultural knowledge. And just like that, folks, we have reached the end of our podcast, so you can find all the work cited at the end of the slideshow in slides 17, 18, and 19, all properly sourced in MLA format. I hope you enjoyed the presentation, and please come back again next time. One more time, we would like to thank our sponsor, Dr. LeCates, and the U.S. History Program for allowing us to create this episode of the podcast. Hope you guys have a great day and I'll see you next time.